episode 20 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengis. And we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? Aw, yeah. Uh, So Magic the Gathering has two sets super spoiled um, and ready to go immediately for us this month. Uh, We have Ixalan, which as of this recording is currently the pre-release date today. And then Iconic Masters, which comes out in a month or two. That's right. Uh, so let's start with Ixalan. Ixalan. Fully spoiled, Jungles. obviously. Dinosaur. Dinosaurs. Pirates. Pirate dinosaurs. <laughs> no, not no, that. not yet. That'll be that'll be returned to Ixalan. Um, the evolved. What do you life think? Finds a way. What do you think, man? Got some um, white vamps in here. White, you know, vamps are white. Vamps are black. Merfolk are blue, Merfolk are green. You've got pirates all across the board. Um, you know, it's it's a very interesting set. It's it it, it they took a lot of not, I don't want to say a lot, but like they took, you know, they took features from previous sets and they put them in here as well. Transform. Transforms in here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh we we have your your standard planeswalkers, but that's always going to be a staple. Really, this transform is really what I was pointing at. Yeah, um, unusual to have transform outside of, but like I, an Innistrad. I like the way they took transform this time around, um, where it's like certain things will transform. Like uh, we'll get to those cards yeah. in a second, but. Yeah, I, I agree. They also have vehicles. They kept vehicles. Oh, that's that's the other thing that came back, yes. Yeah. Vehicles. Um, the return of the basic check lands. Mm-hmm. Um, Glacial, Glacial Fortress, um, uh, Rootbound Crag, Sunpel Grove, um, Drowned Ro- Catacomb. With new art, which is really nice. Yeah, Dragon Skull Summit, all piratey art. The the Rootbound, no, the Rootbound Crag's my favorite. It's a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you can dinosaur. get the, it's actually my current wallpaper for my uh, desktop at work. <laughs> so while we're talking about lands, one land that I wanted to bring up was Unclaimed Territory. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really interesting, given that they just reprinted, or not reprinted, but just created a brand new land in the commander sets, and it wasn't this. Because I just feel like this is almost better. Um Unclaimed territory comes into the uh, it's a common or excuse me uncommon. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. Um, no, no, it doesn't. That's what makes it better. It just enters the battlefield. You choose a creature type. It will either provide you with one colorless mana, or you can tap to add any mana of your uh, of any color to your pool and spend it only on the creature type. Now, didn't they just release a similar? It's, for the commander sets, because they were tribal, except that land does come into play tapped. I'm almost similar. positive they did. And I almost feel like this one's better simply because it's not coming into play. Well, Ixalan's a very tribal set, um, just from the get-go. Like, you, there, it, a lot of cards... Uh, a lot of cards definitely make use of that tribal nature... Uh, they play together well. That card you're mentioning from Commander is Path of Ancestry, I believe. Yes. Uh, come to the play tapped. Um, it adds color in your Commander's color identity. Uh, and when it's spent to cast a creature spell with shares type with, with your Commander, you scry one. So, the so tra- it's a little so, bit better. So well, so the trade-off is it comes into play tapped, but it will always provide you a colored mana. This will come into play untapped and you can use a colorless mana for non-creature spells but any color of your choice 
for your tribal spells. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it was a... I feel like they're both really good lands to throw into a tribal deck. I mean, for commander? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, I kind of want to take a second. So we talked about Sexy Jace already back when he was spoiled. Um, and there were a lot of... Sp- We've seen Ixalan spoilers for a while now. and We've talked about them. Um, some things that now came out since... Um, one of them is the big bad dinosaur commander, mm-hmm. Gishoth Sun's avatar, a Naya dinosaur. That's right. Um, he's a seven six trample vigilance haste. He costs eight to cast. Naya plus five. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library and put any number of dinosaur creature cards from among them onto the battlefield, and the rest onto the bottom of your library in any random order. That's a commander if I've ever seen one. That is indeed. Yeah. It's almost like... It's almost <laughs> like he has no other purpose. <laughs> it's almost like he's really bad in standard and really wouldn't do well. And he'd probably be really bad in modern, too. <laughs> but, but a commander. But a commander. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. He's um, a... Also, Pirate Vraska came out. Yes. Yes, it did. We've got... Uh, she's a uh, four colorless black green... Uh, legendary planeswalker Vraska. Yes, the new type. Vraska the Relic Seeker is her name. She's She has a rapier, which makes her a pirate, apparently, because she's also on a ship. So mm-hmm. Her plus two is she uh, creates a 2-2 black pirate creature token with menace, which is similar to her previous. Instead of creating a death touch creature, assassin. she makes it a pirate. Uh, her minus three is to tor- destroy target artifact, creature, or enchantment. Create a colorless treasure artifact token with a tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And then minus ten is target player's life total becomes one. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's quite the ultimate. Um, Starts at six loyalty, which is nice. Yeah, I think she might be a little slow for maybe the modern sta- uh, the modern standard scene, but... For Commander, I'd, I'd debate putting her into a deck. I think she's also a pretty decent bomb for Limited. Oh, uh, Limited, yeah, forget it. Especially with that Destroy on Entry. Yeah. So good. If you get there, like you're going to be creating fodder to block with, and then you're going to be destroying their pieces of like uh, whatever they have, like you know their big... You know, set pieces that are trying to you know, win with, and they're uh, you know, they're you... big Gishoth's sons avatars. <laughs> That's right. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, if that's ever hard casted and limited, I'll be like, Con- congratulations, right? You win. <laughs> um, they have a couple, a couple other like clearly commander legendary creatures in here. They have Vano, who's really, a, the vampire. It, it really feels like every single legendary they now create with commander in mind. I think that is just the case um, because like either I've... that. But here's the real question: Are they creating it with commander in mind, or are we just so commander played that we just only see it from the aspect of commander? I mean, perhaps does the modern and standard player look at this and say, "Oh yes, this this is correct." That that might be true too. Yeah, I think um, we're, we might be biased. We we probably are. We're probably very biased. They are really. That's my good. son, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever hear screaming in the background, <laughs> that is my child. You don't know that they didn't. They might not hear that. Well, if they didn't, I'll edit this out, or I won't. Let this be a long-standing <laughs> disclaimer for this. Um, I am having a well, not me. My wife is having our baby in a week, our second child. Being as that may, Jengis and I have to fit in our podcast recording for this month when we can. 
That just happens to be now while my son is awake. We usually do it while he's asleep. So if at some point you hear somebody calling for daddy or you hear somebody calling for Thor's hammer, both of those cases are probably my son. Um, or I've gone crazy and have decided to call Jengis daddy and tell him to give me Thor's hammer, which I'm, is its I'm, own I'm, issues. I'm uncomfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway. So something I wanted to talk about is uh, the other planeswalker in this set. Oh, yeah. Um, the Boros planeswalker. Yes, right here we Hotley, have Hotley. Warrior's poet. Mm-hmm. I am a little upset with her. <laughs> I know you wanted a really sick uh, green and red dinosaur planeswalker, and you got a Boros dinosaur planeswalker. <laughs> well, it's not that. I mean, she fits well in the, the Gishoth deck. Right. Um, my problem is that I wanted her to be dinosaur agnostic. But she only works in a dinosaur deck, which is a little upsetting. Uh, Jace works in his own. Uh, Vraska works on her own. Uh, I disagree. I, yeah, I understand. I disagree. It's, her ability, only one is dinosaur specific, and it's one that creates a dinosaur. That's true. She does fit into a... She fits into a token deck. A life gain deck, yeah. She fits into a token deck, too. Yeah, I understand. You gain life equal to the greatest power. She fits in any Naya deck. You gain, you gain life equal to... Not a token deck, excuse me. She fits into any Naya deck. You gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. If you're running Naya... Oh, you know what it was? Okay, that's the thing. Now that I think about it, now I remember what my line of thinking was. I wanted... <laughs> it's the opposite. And I don't know why I mixed it up. I don't know why I mixed it oh, up in my head. you wanted a, a dinosaur-specific planeswalker. Exactly. And it's the fact that she is dinosaur-light. Yes. Okay. So the fact that she that's very creates, different. Yeah. The you know what's funny is I actually like the planeswalker deck version of her better for a dinosaur deck than her her, uh, her normal self. That is interesting. Um, her planeswalker deck version, uh, one more to cast, so she's four colorless. Uh, starts at uh, one more uh, loyalty because of it. Uh, she has uh, her plus. She starts with a plus two. Put two plus one plus one counters and up to one target dinosaur you control. Minus three target dinosaur you control deals damage equal to its powered target creature you don't control. Uh, and minus seven dinosaurs you control get plus four plus four until end of turn. Um, now that is dinosaur specific. That is super dinosaur specific, and I would rather put that one in my deck as opposed to the other one. See, no, I would like the other one. I understand it is you know. But if I'm going like full dinosaur tribal, but you're not probably. Yeah, you're gonna throw in some utility somewhere, and if it's creature based utility, I put both in if I have the room. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you got the room, why not? Her minus um, X, uh, the the Hawali warrior poet, uh, which is the the standard one. Her minus X is it deals X damage divided as you choose among creatures you control or creatures. Uh, and you can uh, they can't block this turn. Yeah. So not only does it disable your enemy blockers, it also enables the enrage effect, which is a keyword they added for dinosaurs this, in this set. Mm-hmm. It activates their enrage, yeah. um, which is pretty neat. Um, I feel like if I'm going to make a dinosaur deck, because the dinosaur options are actually pretty limited, like they only added like they only changed ten creatures outside of Ixalan to dinosaurs. Right, but you also have to take into account changelings. I do. They're like there. Mirror entity? Trust me. I know they're there. Mirror entity. But I'm saying... White. But I'm saying inside Ixalan, I want to take advantage of that enrage mechanic because sure. it's pretty good. I mean, mirror entity is one of those... If you are playing tribal and you're playing white, I don't know why you wouldn't want to play mirror entity. Um, if you If you guys don't know what mirror entity is, 
It was originally in Lorwyn. It's been reprinted in a whole bunch of Commander sets in one of the Modern Masters. I think Modern Masters uh, 2015. Um, it's a changeling, so it counts as all creature types, including dinosaurs. It's a 1-1 one, one for 3, 1 white and 2 colorless. However, it has an ability. Tap X, all creatures you control become XX and gain all creature types until end of turn. So any creatures you had on the field that weren't dinosaurs already become dinosaurs. And they've all now gained... They're all not gained, but they all are XX. So yeah, with green, I mean, that could be Indeed. monstrous. Um, I already have some ideas for a dinosaur deck, a uh, dinosaur commander deck. If I, will I make it? Maybe. That'd be a good uh, topic for maybe our next cast. Perhaps. Let's see if you can make it in a month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rounding know. out the last of what I'd like to talk about in Ixalan. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about. Cards are pretty basic. Um, but specifically, the standout cards for me in this set are the certain transform cards. Specifically, every color, and colorless even, each got a an awesome transform effect. Colorless got a few, but the colors got a legendary enchantment each. Low cost, each of them for the most part. Uh, one, two, two, three, and four. Um, and each of them are amazing. So first you have the white card, Legion's Landing. And each one becomes a land. And the lands do incredible things. Some things that are, like, overly broken. Uh, they Legion's become Landing, legendary lands. Yeah. Legion's Landing is a legendary enchantment, which says when it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink. And when you attack with three or more creatures, you transform it. Very easy for a white weenie deck, so it can really fit anywhere. The land it becomes, to, uh, it becomes is Adanto, the first fort. It's a legendary <laughs> land... You can tap it for white mana, or you can tap one and three colorless to create a 1-1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifelink. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, but not as good as per se. I'm actually going to skip to green, because that, <laughs> that was the one that that's the, I almost that's died. That's the one. <laughs> um, green is one. It's it's called Growing Rights of Itlimic. I would say so. Um, Itlimoc, probably. Itlimoc. Um, one green, two colorless legendary enchantment. When it comes into play, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. Already pretty good. However, at your end step, if you control four or more creatures, which in green is like not, it's not even an issue, hard. transform it. Are you ready? Are you ready? You can. It becomes <laughs> Itlamok, the Cradle of the Sun. Do you all remember this card called Gaia's Cradle? Well, guess what? It's back. Because this land... <laughs> transform form. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, it can either provide one green for you. In fact, this is probably this is even slightly better in its transformed state. Because I think Gaia's Cradle only has its second... Uh, it it Lumbach's second ability, which is tap, add one green for each creature you control. So there you have it. But I think Gaia's Cradle only has that ability. I don't think it can tap naturally for green on its own. Which almost makes, uh, makes it Lumbach better in its transformed state. The main difference being you have to have it out on the field and get it to transform um, without it getting blown up or getting your creatures blown up in the meantime. But the fact that they pseudo-reprinted Gaia's Cradle... A slightly more improved version, because you are correct. Yeah. Gaia's Cradle only works on if you have creatures in play. Right. So if there's a wipe, it's a useless land until you get another creature out. This will always provide you at least green. And having four creatures is not hard. I think this card is going to be huge. I mean... In, especially in modern elves, forget it. This oh, is oh, yeah. this is going to go in every elf deck. 
Um, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. I don't follow the meta close enough, but I really feel like if you're going to pick up a copy of a card from the set, that's a copy. And the kicker, all of these enchantment flip lands are all rares. They're not even mythics. So, like, they're out there. You can get them easily. Yeah, it's not going to be as, like, impossible to get. Right. Um, So, I also like the uh, art, the, the design have these legendary like, lands? Treasure maps almost. Yeah, yeah, I do appreciate that. They are pretty cool. Um, there's, a, there's three other lands, obviously. One for red, one for blue, one for black. We don't need to get into them, but the one I wanted to talk about the most was definitely the green land. Um, and then there's... Here's the the colorless one. Is actually starts as a vehicle and then becomes a land, um, which actually all of the artifacts, I think, do that. Well, no, that one becomes an artifact... That one becomes a land, and that one becomes a land. So most of them flip and become a land. But the vehicle is Conqueror's Galleon. It's a four drop for it's a two ten uh, crew four to activate it. Uh, when it attacks, you exile it at the end of combat, then return it transformed uh, onto the battlefield under your control. So if you have four to crew, you then use it. You tap. It flips. And it becomes, if my mouse would start working and stop messing up. <laughs> and his mouse died. My mouse seems to have died. It's there. Oh. It's at the bottom. It's right. It's right. There, there it goes. Oh, oh, oh. It's oh, back. Oh, oh, it's back. Conqueror's Foothold. <laughs> uh, you can tap to add one colorless uh, mana to your mana pool. You can tap two and tap it to draw a card and discard. Tap four and tap it to draw a card. Or tap six and tap it to return target card from your graveyard wow, to your hand. that's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty useful. Just a little fun fact. I looked up the price list for uh, Ixalan currently. What's growing? Right. $16. Already. Yeah. pre-release. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's trending pretty high. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's only going to go up. So get them. Um, all in all, what do you think of Ixalan, Jengis? Um, I like it. I'm excited to see what Rivals of Ixalan is going to do, especially like because I, I want like I want more of these things. Mm-hmm. Like I want more dinosaurs. I want to see what they do with that. Uh, it, I'm curious. If they don't do like, more dinosaurs in the next set, that's fine, too. They did print a lot of them in this set. Mm-hmm. I just hope that dinosaurs aren't an Ixalan-only thing. Yeah. Um, so I hope that in further in future sets, we see a couple more dinosaurs here and there. Commander 2018? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, solid set, good lore. Uh, I like what they're doing with it. Yeah, you know, it's actually it surprised me. Um I wasn't too keen on dinosaurs and pirates, but what did it for me were these flip lands. Like that that pseudo Gaia's Cradle. I I I expect never to own a guy an actual Gaia's Cradle in my lifetime. Um I fully expect that that is just a card whose price range will always be out of my comfort slash um what would I call it? Uh my expenditure zone. Budget. My, <laughs> my uh disposable disposable income, income zone. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um so so Gaia's Cradle is one of those lands I fully um, expect never to own. Mm-hmm. That's the be-all, end-all. So the yeah. fact that they sort of pseudo-reprinted it, it... It's always appreciated when they do something like that. Yeah, I mean, that and a couple other key cards I think were enough for me to say yes for Ixalan. So I'm excited. Um, the next set that they spoiled uh, is Iconic Masters, the the Masters of this year. So, you know, Modern Masters has been on, like, a two-year rotation, and yep. in between, we've had a couple other sets. Eternal Masters was in there. What did they have in between the other two? Do we remember? Um, not off the top of my head, huh? unfortunately. But anyway, yeah, this year we have Iconic Masters. 
celebrating how many years of magic? 20? 20, 25, something like that. Um, So, yeah, 20 years of magic and interesting reprints. Um, The commands are all there. Austere Command, Primal Command, Cryptic Command, all the command cards. Praetors got a reprint. The Praetors are back. Uh, um, the, the dragons from Kamigawa got a reprint. Yeah, which that was a weird choice. <laughs> I um, mean, they're cool looking. They got all. They all got new art, which not, was really nice. Yeah, some a lot of downgraded rarities again, which happens sometimes. Um, Avison got a reprint. Original Avison, Avison 1.0, indestructible Avison. Um, that makes everything else indestructible. Kiki Jiki's back. Yeah, Kiki Jiki's there. <laughs> um, what else did we get? Uh, Ancestral Vision got a reprint. <laughs> yeah, that was weird too. Um, Ancestral Vision, that's a huge one because um, that market is really hot for that card with bl- uh, brand new art. Um, Consecrated Sphinx, which is also incredible. Incredible, incredible card. Flusterstorm. That card was only in that one commander set. <laughs> and right now is like a $90 card. No. It makes it hurts me that they're reprinting it. I'm going to need to sell mine before this comes out. You should probably sell it soon. <laughs> yeah, because the fact of the matter is is that price is going to drop. Teferi, um, non, non-planeswalker Teferi. Yeah, Jinka Taxes. The big surprise for me, biggest of all, Mana Drain. The reprinted Mana Drain with new art and it's a mythic rarity. I didn't realize Mana Drain wasn't on the reserved list because when I saw it, I freaked out and I was like, uh-oh, they did it. They finally did it. <laughs> no. They broke open the vaults. Nope. Time not, to reprint Dual Lands. Not yet. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, wow, I can't – not only did I find that it wasn't on the reserved list, but I was also very, very shocked that it wasn't on the reserved list. Bloodgast has a reprint. That's a very sought-after card. Um, but, the, you know, it, it lives up to its name. It truly is a set of iconic cards from Magic's history. It is. Um, um, Necropotence, but that was already reprinted in Eternal. Cards, um, that, cards, that have, cards that have, like, significance and have made, you know, have been part of, like, standard decks for a while. Not standard. Or, or, but, like, you know, you know, modern decks, vintage yeah. decks. Yeah. I didn't mean standard in the more, means of the format. But I, know, I mean, you, like, I know you meant, staples. like, the normal. The exactly. normal staples. Yeah. Um, Fury Charm is in there, which, I mean, isn't a rare, but it's just interesting that they brought it back. Megas of the Moon, great card. Um, Rift Bolt is getting reprinted in the set. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of... Corpse Jack Menace was just nice. <laughs> yeah, we already said Channel, which was just like, what? That's like banned in everything. Why even print it? Because um, it's iconic. Yeah. Lotus Cobra. <laughs> channel and Fireball are printed in this. I know. You can channel for, in a limited format. You can win. Um, Lotus Cobra got a reprint, which is interesting. It also got downgraded rarity, which I'm not overly excited about. It's rare as opposed to mythic. Um, I don't think it's really mythic at this point. Uh, it bothers the hell out of me. Because like I like when my cards retain value. The one thing that... It, so... I've said this before, and I'm not saying Magic has done this, but they're they're treading on the ground a little bit. The one thing what that do you I mean by treading on the ground, David. So I, the one thing that I always praised Magic for above other card games because I'd been through them all. We talked about this on one of our earlier podcasts, like a year or so ago. I had mentioned that I had played, you know, Pokemon and yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh and Raw Deal and Digimon. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh, before coming back to Magic, was the last game I played, and what really turned me off from Yu-Gi-Oh, the, the thing that kind of um, killed the the game for me was the fact that they the surplus of cards that they would print because they would keep reprinting like like the greatest hit sets yeah which contained a bunch of rare sought after cards and then the worst thing was those cards they would print at a downgraded rarity 
which like like for instance in that game I, and I think I mentioned this in that podcast but to reiterate it um, Jinzo when Jinzo first came out in Metal Raiders it was a secret rare it was like the rarest card you could get in the set it was like one and every so ever so it was their so mythic ever. rare it, no it was even more than that mythic er rare it, no, it, it, <laughs> it, was, it was their um, hidden treasure uh, their uh, masterpiece masterpiece so to speak um, so I pulled a Jinzo, a first edition one, and that was huge because Jinzo was such a powerful card in all the formats, and they ended up banning him in a format, and I remember just being like, oh man, I have a Jinzo. Then like a couple sets later when they printed, I think their first reprint set was called Dark Beginnings, which was like their version of uh, Magic's Modern Masters. Not only did they reprint Jinzo, but they reprinted him not even as like an ultra rare, which is like their version of Mythic. Not even as like a like super holographic rare. It was just like a basic. Like I think you could get them as like a basic rare. Wow! Like it was something. Bad. That's a downgrade. It was bad, <laughs> and all I could think was like you ruined your 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 value. This is no longer a collectible card game, as they called it, because I think TCG is trademarked by Magic, um, but CCG is not, which is what <laughs> I rolled else my eyes. Is. Um, so I. I, I was really upset because I was just like, this Jinzo was worth all this money and now it's worth nothing. Because the fact of the matter is, there's, there's a handful of like of those people out there that want the original holofoil. Like, yeah. But frankly, if you're going to buy the card and use it to play, you're just going to get the cheap one. I think what's nice about the Masters sets is that they're limited print runs. They are. But it still bothers me when they downgrade the rarity. I mean, Even if it's only one step. Of a card that they've printed previously. I mean, this is the whole argument of, like, people... This is the whole argument of the reserved list, you know? I know. People want the reserved list to remain the reserved list to keep the value of those cards. But other people want those cards to be back in circulation instead of having to pay, like, a mint to get one of them. And, I'm, like, and, But you here's know, the thing. I'm not saying you have to... I'm not saying you can't reprint the card. I'm just saying don't change the rarity. Yeah. That's my thing. That's Corpse Jack Minutes. Yeah. You just talked about how awesome is they reprinted it. You know what? It's even more awesome. It's it, uncommon. It's uncommon. <laughs> so if you didn't have one, you can likely get one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like that was a rare card. That was a card that had value at one point. I'm not sure what its value is now, but it definitely had value. It's a sweet card. To reprint it from rare to uncommon, that's that's almost worse than mythic rare to rare. That makes it a lot easier to get. Uh, than uh, than before, like yeah. even you can get it, you can get it in like five packs instead of. Uh... That's ex- that's what I'm saying. So I'm just it, it just bothers me, man. Um, when they do that, I like I'm not gonna let it get to me. Magic the cards still for the most part seem to retain value, um, and they seem to know what they're doing. But it does it does bother me, and I hope they don't continue to tread on the ground like that. Um, so that's what I meant when I said that Aether Vial got a reprint as we continue talking about. Iconic Masters, um, Mind Crake and Mind Stone. Mishra's Bauble. Cannot believe they reprinted Mishra's Bauble. <laughs> At Uncommon. <laughs> I think it was Uncommon originally. Oh, really? Yeah, but the problem was it was only printed, I think, in like Ice Age maybe? I'm going to look it up right now as we talk. But I know the value of it is like it's like a $26 card or something. The oh, Cold Snap. It was only, oh, yeah, that is from... Uh, it was only the- printed in Cold Snap. And right now, the market price for it is like 20 it's like a 20 dollar card um as an uncommon um at the and it's lost it's actually lost value it's actually down to about 
um, eleven, 11 bucks, but it was twenty dollars. And I'm actually looking at the price trend uh, right now, and it's just sinking. And that's because of the it's, announcement of the reprint. It's reprinted, and that and that's sort of like that was shocking to me. I I mean, like same thing with Mana Drain. Like some of these cards they, are just like they wow. Re- they reprinted some strange lands, um, like Grove of the Burn Wills. I didn't think it would ever get reprinted. And you think, why would they reprint it? And it's a really nice card. Um, but like some strange dual lands and then like the uh then the, the Ravnica dual lands as well. Uh which is you know, they're nice. Yeah. Um But uh but beyond that, yeah, really solid uh you know, definitely I don't know, box worthy, but like Oh, I think so. Yeah. Speaking of box worthy, if you go out and pre order Ixalan, not that it will matter probably by the time you hear this podcast, but if you had <laughs> pre ordered Ixalan, in fact, if you had pre ordered if you Ixalan, listen to this, how's it? <laughs> if you not even if you pre ordered, if you buy a box at a participating store while supplies last, and if you happen to listen to our podcast the day it releases, which is the weekend that Ixalan is coming out officially, that's true. It is the release of Ixalan. Um, let me tell you that it is um, – there is a special promotion that they are running, which is uh, – normally the buy a box has a promo. And that promo is like, you know, um, a, a card. card yeah, it's a, like a card from the set. They're giving a – I think it's like a nine-card limited booster, four cards of which are rares and or mythic rares from the set. One of which is that standard promo that you get an alternate art awesome foil version of. And then I forget what the other three are. Possibly some lands or something. But point being is that's an amazing bonus to get. It's, it's, so it, I definitely, highly recommend They're it. definitely trying to move product a lot more uh, with this change. I feel like they're they're definitely trying to be like, hey, you know, it's a lot more valuable to buy a box now because your chances of getting a mythic go up even more than they did before. Yeah. So all in all, I have to say, um, back to Iconic Masters. I know we got kind of segued. Um, Boxworthy, I think both sets are. And I think Iconic Masters is going to be great. I'm really interested to play Iconic Masters and Limited. That'd be really interesting. If you do, let me know. I think we're going to. Yeah? I think um, actually uh, our friend uh, Mike, who comes to the Magic Games, suggested us all pooling in and getting two boxes and on our next event doing like a limited draft oh. the same way we did when we uh, Conspiracy came out. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, all in all, great sets. Yeah. So rounding out our Magic the Gathering section, uh, they announced fully what this... Not entirely fully, I mean, but... enough of what Magic the Gathering, now called Magic the Gathering Arena, their yes. uh, online They're... computer game mm-hmm. is going to be. Possibly, I'll, I won't even say computer game. I'll just say online game. Because I have quite the feeling I'm going to see an iPad, iPhone, Android release. I agree. Um, so it's... In the long history of Magic the Gathering video <laughs> games... Um, I feel like none has been quite successful as it necessarily I would should disagree be. because be- okay, Magic Online clearly is is the online platform for playing Magic, and yes, and that's where well for playing every format of Magic with the entire rule set intact for yeah, the most part officially officially yeah we have to wear the word officially because without the word officially. Coctress is probably <laughs> the best out there. There's plenty of And others. others. Um, 
But from official Wizards content, that is the most robust of the Magic Online um, experiences. Correct. However, but it's very daunting for new players, and it's it dated. costs money. <laughs> it costs real money, and it's dated. It's yep. so dated, and it, it's in it's such in need of repair and updates and maintenance. So, um, well, I, I was going to say, like, so they said, "To hell with it, and we're making a new platform." But we don't know if it's going to replace uh, we Magic do know, Online, and it is not. Um, well, what I mean is not. I don't mean like officially. I mean unofficially. I highly no, doubt players it's, will it's ever not. migrate from the, one to the it, other. It will a hundred percent unofficially. Both just because of what they said. So I don't know if you read the. Uh, it's only going to be the most recent set. Yes, I know, and it's only standard. Supposedly, for now. I'm just saying this is wizards. If they're not going to include the most, re- if they're not going to include old sets, commanders out of the picture. Lim- um, vintage is out of the picture. Modern's out of the picture. Right. You can really only do standard and limited. Yeah. Um, so if and can, and people like to play those other formats online. Sure. So they will continue to use Magic, Magic Gathering. Online. You know, but, Mo- uh, Modo is the 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 short term. Yeah. If you want to be a douche. <laughs> uh, so. And they did say that they were committed to continuing to improve Magic the Gathering online. I know. They have to say that because there'd be mass riots. But, like, you know, bark all you want, but unless you got some bite, there's nothing to it. It's true. Um, It's really a, uh, you know, show me. Yeah. (laughs) But to get to Magic the Gathering Arena, it is going to be an online game. Um, You're going to play Magic against people. The best way I can describe it if you like, I mean, you can go see a video of it, uh, a playthrough video on YouTube of like a demo. But I'll save you the time. If you've played Hearthstone, it's Hearthstone with Magic the Gathering cards. It's just a fancy field with fancy cards and fancy animations that do stuff when you do stuff. So you attack and you get like, you know, like a girl from the bear and like <laughs> a, little, a little ghostly bear animation comes out and swipes. Like literally. When you play sexy Jesus goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yes, enter my pirate's cove. Um, but in all seriousness, like it is just Hearthstone Magic the Gathering Edition is what it looks like to me. Which, they're making a robust online, well, not robust, but a, a shiny online presence for their, you know, Magic the Gathering. And it's not a bad idea. Frankly, it should replace Magic I Online. S- I still think it's a terrible idea for one specific reason, that there's no correlation between physical product and digital product. I Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, I agree with that. <laughs> Yes, it is stupid to pay money. Because you still have to buy cards in Magic the Gathering Arena. I think that's stupid. <laughs> I think it should be similar to Hearthstone where you have option to buy cards if you're, you know, stupid enough to do so, but it shouldn't be like a mandatory thing. And we still don't know what their their pricing structure exactly. is going to be. There might, so it might be that way. Yeah. But regardless, but um, from what they've said so far, it seems like they do want to co- include a correlation similar to what Yu-Gi-Oh does maybe. But we don't know if that's actually going to be or how that's going to be implemented. How? What on the card would you use? Maybe they'll, I mean, maybe was, they'll put a code on a, a card inside that redeems for like points, maybe that you could use to buy packs in Magic Gathering Arena. They, Who knows? they were, they, that's the one thing Yu Gi Oh did right. They were smart from the get go in some ways. Granted, like once, okay, 
the idea Yu-Gi-Oh had was smart. Their execution was not smart. And the idea of, that Yu-Gi-Oh had is that on each Yu-Gi-Oh card, there's a serial number. And on their in all of their video games, digital format games, if you enter that serial number into the code thing, pending that the card is legal or that they, like, you know, haven't blocked you from gaining it in this manner, because sometimes they would do that. The card would be in the game, but they just didn't want you to have it via code because it was too powerful. Um, but for the most part, you enter the code, you get the card. You get at least one copy of it. Depending on the game, you could do multiples. It, it, all, it all depended. Um, while that was a great idea, and I think that if you're going to do something like that, that is the way to do it. I think, though, logistically, it would be a nightmare. Then again, maybe not. Computers are so advanced nowadays that really, if you just had, a, like, a, like you said, like a pack code, a, a randomized pack code... And I'm sure there's enough variations of codes out there that if it's like if it's enough digits that oh, yeah. uh-huh. they could just keep it going. Yeah, trillions um, of possibilities. Exactly. And if you just when you opened your pack, you enter the code and you redeem that pack's card. The only problem is is I know that that would be tricky because then there's like, well, then is the pack really That's random? I, I don't because- think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Of the pack, I, I think it's going to be points. When you buy MTG cards in real life, you'll get points, points that you can redeem, redeem for, for packs, packs in MTG Arena. I guess that makes sense. That's what I think. That'd be um, nice. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Because, like, even if I don't get the same cards in my MTG Arena pack, I would still like to, you know. But let's face it. When it comes to Wizards and caring whether or not you bought <laughs> product on one platform versus another, they don't care. Which we're going to talk about in a short moment. <laughs> But uh, that aside, um, that that'll do it for Magic Gathering for this month. I really think that's it for MTG. I mean, I did sign up. I will say this: you can sign up for the closed beta um, on their website. And if you happen to go to the Ixalan pre-release this uh, this weekend, or when I say this weekend, I mean the weekend we're, we're recording, which is the weekend of the twenty third. Well, you um, can. If, if you if you went to the pre-release, you would have gotten the option to get a special code that gives you priority access into the Magic Arena beta. Make um, sure you guys know what your DCI number is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did sign up. I'm not, obviously didn't go to the pre-release. I don't plan on going to one tomorrow. Um, so I just signed up for the regular closed beta, but I did put my DCI number in um, and we'll see what happens. If I get into the beta, be sure to you know expect me to talk about it on the cast. I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, before we do that, oh uh, yeah, I, I would like to a say note for our sponsors. <laughs> us. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, his iPad just went on the TV screen, and there was an explosion. Oh God! It's just uh, it's in my raccoon wounds. So uh, we want to just point out, uh, you know, we like uh, to hear from you, our listeners. If you exist, uh, we <laughs> hope you do. We have a we have a Twitter account uh, at YSMPGCast. Uh, we also have a email YSMPGCast at gmail.com. You know, reach out to us if you want us to know what kind of like what magic cards you want us to talk about or look at. You have an interesting deck you want us to break down. Any topic really. If there's a topic you want us to discuss that involves Magic <laughs> the Gathering, Dungeons Dragons, or board games, or you know what? Even if you've just listened to us long enough that you just like, I want to ask Dave and Jengus a, a personal personal question. Like, hey, Jengus, like, how long is your hair? <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Jengus has long hair. That's the point. But my point is, is whatever it may be, we would love to hear from you. So please, please, please shoot us an email, tweet at us. Um, 
co- comments on the Geek Aid page, yep. whatever it may be. On the show page yeah. or on the posts that we make, uh, that Geek Aid makes on Facebook, if you follow Geek Aid on Facebook. And even if you have no requests, it's simply nice to know we're not talking to ourselves. <laughs> uh, we're, um, we're not talking to ourselves. We're talking to each other. That's right. <laughs> we're just recording our conversation to each other for no purpose whatsoever. Um but regardless, thank you. For those of you that are listening to this, we'd like to just say thank you. Um, but moving on to Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons. So as I said, we were going to shortly talk about Wizards not caring about <laughs> You want to jump right into that? I think that's the one to jump into. We okay. had a great segue. We were yeah. good at setting up those little, little yeah. segues. Sure. Um, so uh, they recently announced uh, in, in the line of their whole D&D, their online initiatives for uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. They announced a... D&D e-reader application. It is not... It's like Kindle for Dungeons and Dragons. Just Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, so in the app, they're going to allow you to purchase the books that you may or may not already own. Again, um, <laughs> this is the... What are we up to? The fourth time? <laughs> You'd have to have purchased it to get it across all the platforms. Let's see. Regular hardcover. Um, roll 20. D&D Beyond. Yeah, this makes time number four they want you to pay for the book. I believe this is more specific. This is specifically oriented to people who want to play D&D in other locations and also have the books in a digital format. But don't want to pay for D&D Beyond, (laughs) which is the thing that does the thing. Yeah, but they want to have a reference guide as opposed to a character sheet, I guess. Um, so you'll be able to purchase... What the fuck R&D team thought of this? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I've said this today when I brought it up to him. I understand why they're doing this. I just don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I understand why they're doing it, because the guy that clearly gives them all their ideas, at least in the D&D section... I mean, granted, this guy bleeds over to magic some good times, but in D&D... I feel like the only guy who talks to anybody is Profit Guy. <laughs> and Profit Guy goes, hey... How can we make a quick buck? You mean Hasbro? Yeah. Hasbro profit guy. He wears a little nice business suit, probably pinstriped, smokes a cigar, has one and a half kids, goes home every day, um, you know, smokes a cigar, drinks a glass of wine, He's followed nuclear. by a beer. Um, talks oh, one of these. Kind of talks like an old timey criminal in the penguin. Where is he? Where Batman? Where Batman? <laughs> Where are we going to get our money for Where this? Where are we going to get the... Uh, that one to pirate now. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yer. Where, <laughs> <laughs> Batman? Where's the money? Where, 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 But yes. Yeah. I, I, so, long story short... Watch this in the fall. They're going to make you pay more money to buy the books that you may already own, just to have them on a digital format, and not even... We've discussed... Jenkins and I have discussed this. If, just say... You may have acquired said books in a manner that Hasbro and the government and the law would not deem appropriate. And in this manner, they happen to be in a digital format, if you catch my drift. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, Those versions are probably better annotated and bookmarked than what... 
Wizards is going to give you. So from which current, is not a current good experiences. Thing. Now this isn't directly from Wizards. I actually couldn't find an article about this from Wizards themselves. Everything I've been reading has been from third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've said that the search function in the application is a little too broad. It will give you every single say say for instance you search for rogue. It will give you every single instance of rogue in every single piece of product they've created, whether it be an adventure, whether it be a, a rule book, or whether it be literally anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's bad. That is very bad. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's when you're only looking, you know, I only want, you know, the instance of grappling from uh, the player's handbook. Is grappling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but the, uh, this uh, this article I have here is actually giving me a little bit more information. Um, so, from what I, uh, you can buy the books, uh, pretty much for the price of print, which is like twenty five bucks for an adventure, thirty bucks for a rule book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will come with obviously the the SRD material for free of because course. it is their free material. Yeah. Um, and you can buy individual sections and chapters uh, for like a couple dollars each, more like like two to three dollars each. Yeah. Um, but however, this article points out that it, that will be taken off the price of the book if you buy the whole thing later on, which I think is a nice gesture. Wow. Good for them. <laughs> They've learned a little bit. However, anything you purchase in the D&D reader will not carry over to D&D Beyond. <laughs> they didn't learn a little bit. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I'm just going to say it. D&D e-reader, two thumbs down. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I know why they do it. I know... I know is, what they're it, trying to do. It's a nice initiative because I know I know when it comes to wizard when it comes to D&D and digital formats, it's always been a little shaky for wizards to find a good profitable way to do this. Uh, when really, you know, when it comes to D&D, it's kind of like a single purchase at a time kind of thing. Yeah. Especially since they haven't really been doing splat books. It's really just everything's been in adventures. Um, you know, so the the amount of product they have to sell is a little low this time around for fifth edition. Sure. Um, so you know, I, I like I said, I understand. I don't think we're the audience for it. No, definitely not. Um, maybe someone is, uh, and maybe they'll be like, "Hey, this is a really great idea. Thanks, wizards." Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's gonna happen, Jangus. Yeah. It's totally gonna a happen. A man can dream. <laughs> um, um yeah. moving forward. The next D&D topic we wanted to talk about is this month's Unearthed Arcana. Yeah. Um, it's a very quick Unearthed Arcana. I mean, it is the return. The, quick in the relativeness of like. Of, it's, oh, it's quick in the relativeness of like what it's based on. And it's just they've brought two races that you've previously had in fourth edition. Yeah. And I know in third edition you could do. They existed. They weren't a race. The Gith were. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert. There it is. Um. It's the Eldrin and then the Gith, Gith Zerai, Gith yeah, Yankee, yep. the, the Gith races. Um, I know in third you could be a Gith Yankee and Gith Zerai. They were monster classes. They were, but I don't monster, monster races. races. But I don't know if Eldrin was a thing in third. I think Eldrin were represented by something else in third. I'm not sure. El- did Eldrin even exist as monsters in third? I don't even remember because, like, I rem- I feel like the first time I really remember hearing Eldrin in D and D. Was fourth edition. Mm, they were part of the the main 
Not the main, yeah. Yeah, they were the, part of the main the races, main which is also weird because I was like, you have elves and then you have pointier-eared elves. Like they're, they're wood elves and they're magic elves. Yeah, it was weird. Even, um, though, even though Eldrin... Eldrin is supposed to be elves native to the Feywild. Yeah, they're supposed uh, to be the more the Fey elves. Yeah. Um, the In the playtest material... But Felves didn't roll off the tongue as well as Eldrin. <laughs> looks like these guys won't be getting into Volos. And it'll probably be in the next whatever compendium they're going to make. Oh, I can't wait for uh, Volos. Volos. It well, actually soon. came out. Yeah, it's... I think it already came out. I think so. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. I just need to get myself a copy. Mm-hmm. It's... No, it's... I know it didn't... No, Volos came out. It's the other one I'm waiting for. Um, Xanathar's Guide. Oh, to, yeah. Xanathar's. That's what yeah. it is. Xanathar's is the one. I was, yeah. Yeah. Vols was a monster. Yes. Uh, so, Monster Manual 2, but not Monster Manual 2. Um... So uh, the Eldrin, uh, they have they're they're supposed to be of since they're of the Feywild, they're kind of like you know uh, more magical, Lame. sparkly. <laughs> uh, they have they some, dance in the moonlight. <laughs> it's naked. Fact, it's actually funny you mentioned that they uh, they they base them off of uh, seasons. So there's like you can be an autumn personality, oh god, a winter pa- personality, oh, Jesus, a spring's personality, or summer. Uh, I'm gonna be part of the summer fay. Uh, you can you can and it changes. Uh, you can cha- like the seasons change. Every time you take a long rest, you can change your season. Uh, oh, so, so it makes them kind of like chaotic in a way, which oh, is kind of geez. fun. Get out of um, here, Eldrin. Uh, and your your cantrips change with the season as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, autumn gets friends as a cantrip. Uh, <laughs> winter gets chill touch. Of course it does. Spring gets minor illusion. Yep. And summer gets fireball. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, and they also have face step. Hey, remember face step? It's back. back. <laughs> and then uh, so that's the Elgin. There's really not much more than that. Uh, like you said, short. Yeah. Um, but they have like little like flaws and personality traits. And then um, there's the Gith. The Gith, which are separated into two different uh, factions. Yep. The Gith Zirai and the Gith Yankee. The Gith Yankee. Traditionally, they hate each other, don't they? They're not friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't hang out on weekends. Not really. They barely talk. Uh, the Githyanki are more uh, warrior-based, so they have a strength bonus. Um, and the Gezerai are more uh, wisdom-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like they're supposed to be. They're both psionic uh, in a way. Who so, makes the better monks? That's the real question. That's the question. I think it's probably going to be Gezerai because oh, we're going to war, Jangus. <laughs> <laughs> because they get plus one bonus to AC normally, so I'm sure that stacks. Oh, we're gonna have to go to war. Gezerai versus Gezerai. Here it comes. This is how West Side Story starts. That's true. When you're a J, you're a J. <laughs> when you're a Zerai, you're a Zerai from life. <laughs> Um, and that's it. There's really not much more than that. Yeah, it's you know, like, it's great to see the races back. You know, they're, they're enjoy... obviously they're they're gearing up because I don't think Psyonix is in uh, Xanthar's. Yeah, uh, which by the way, I'm going to plug something that's not Wizards based but still relevant for D and D. So take that Wizards, taking them down a peg. Um, so recently we've been talking a lot Pizzo about came out with Starfinder, which is. Pathfinder in space! That is not what I was going to say. I was actually going to say, look, we talk a lot about D&D Beyond, and I've mentioned this before, and I think it's now time for me to officially plug it. Um, if you don't use it the already... Mad man. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't use it already, um, I highly recommend as a tool for creating characters, as well as encounters and other things, um, whether it be official content or homebrewed, Hero Lab. 
I bought Hero Lab back when Pathfinder was our game of choice in between our, our years of 3.5 and, and 5e. And when Pathfinder was our game of choice, so I, I bought Hero Lab. And I really did think it was great. It was kind of expensive in terms of like similar to D&D Beyond where if you wanted you certain... To, you had to buy the books. You had to buy the books again if you wanted the content, which I was willing to do at that time because I was like, I just won't buy the physical copies anymore. I'll just buy the digital because yeah. I have the full the full content. Um, I also had a lot more disposable income at that point in my life. Pathfinder was nice because they included PDFs and they still do yeah. PDFs of all their books. Yeah. Um, now... Almost for better rather than for worse because they – so Lone Wolf, the company that makes Hero Lab, um, tried to get wizards to back them. They reached out multiple times and they were like, hey, can you um, let us be official use of your content? Can you let us sell your product? Can yeah. we get profit? They wanted to go official. Wizards said no because wizards had D&D Beyond coming. Of course. And they didn't want people to – so – Lone Wolf was like, okay. Um, and what Lone Wolf did is so officially um, through Lone Wolf, you can buy the Hero Lab um, application with – you can buy the SRD. And I think the SRD is maybe 20 or 30 bucks. Unlocks all the SRD content for Hero Lab, and which is great. And you've got all the basic stuff. But because of the way laws work <laughs> – um, Hero Lab has homebrewed content um, ability, so you can enter in your own classes and races and do whatever you want. Well, that's open to do with whatever people wish. And it just so happens on their forums, which are public forums, public regular users with everyday average names have decided to band together and create the Dungeons & Dragons community pack, which is every single book Every Unearthed Arcana, every adventure, every core rulebook, all those rules already uploaded in the homebrewed content so you can just essentially have all the D&D content. So really, for 30 bucks, you're getting all of what D&D Beyond does. <laughs> and then some. Um, and I couldn't be happier with it. The only thing that D&D Beyond has over the Hero Lab product is Lone Wolf has yet to create... A, an app. An app. They have an app for iPad, but the app is only an app that interacts with the sheets you make on the computer it, program. It pretty much lets you cr- carry your sheets with you. Which right. Is nice. And, and you can edit the sheets there. Yeah. You can you can level up and everything, but it doesn't give. But when I say level up, you're still doing it more similar in the app how you would to on pen and paper, where you have to know the rules and the stat changes. Whereas if you have the Hero Lab program on your computer. It's like the old red blade we used to use for third edition. It's just click, 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 done. <laughs> and everything's calculated and tabulated. Um, it really is my character creation tool of choice. And I think that it is the most affordable um, of all the character creation tools. So uh, if you want to go a cheaper route than D&D Beyond, which involves buying either everything a la carte or spending all that money on all those books, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. Hero Lab, I think, is the way to go. Hero Lab. I agree. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, if you want to make a character on the go and you don't have your computer with you, then yes. I think maybe just deal with having an SRD character, log on to D&D Beyond, yeah. and just make something quick. Or just, you know, pen and paper. Yeah, write some I mean, stats well, I mean, that's, down. That's if you want to... <laughs> 
this if you want to take forever, but like the only yes. problem, I mean, let's face it. How many times have we played games in the past that have been like, sort of like, hey, don't, let's play a game. Don't play a wizard. <laughs> that's really all I'm going to say. But like, don't but like, play a spellcaster. It's like, it, but, but think about it. Think about all the games in our lives that we've played. And every time it's just been like, we're over at somebody's house and we're just mm-hmm. like, hey, let's impromptu play D&D. Yeah. Do you have a character on you? No, everybody's got to create. Two hours later, we're finally ready fourth, to play. Fourth edition was nice in that way because the uh, when you were a and d insider, that character creator was actually pretty convenient. Yeah, but even still, it's just like character creation is just, it's a lengthy process. It is indeed. And so I, what we're saying is prep your characters before you play, guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, that's what, but that is what makes D&D beyond, that is the one little, the up it has. It's, it's the fact that it is that easy point and click tool. You can use it on your phone, yep. on your tablet, and it's on the go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's our, our our big story about how Wizards is you know <laughs> dicking you over with your e-readers and your D&D Beyond. Um, um, the next topic in D&D we wanted to talk about was... Um, our scariest moments uh, since it's October. Yeah. Uh, it, it is obviously the month of Halloween. Uh, we're going to have something a little bit special for you later in the month. Uh, yeah. So... so Keep an eye on your feeds. Specifically, mm-hmm. um, the night before Halloween, Devil's Night, Mischief Night, if you will, um, we are going to be releasing an audio one-shot module uh, that I am going to be DMing. We're going to have Jangus will be with us, as well as some of our friends, uh, Phil, Joe, and Crystalline will also be joining in the game. And um, it is going to be a horror D&D game, one-shot, for your Halloween listening listening pleasure. So expect that uh, much later in October. Indeed. But today we're going to be talking about uh, our our scariest moments uh, in our D&D careers. Yeah. Um, so when, have, when did you feel genuine fear? <laughs> so and, and we're not going to go back to the Tomb of Horrors. We talked about not, it a hundred times. We're not going to talk about Tomb of Horrors. Give me something else. Give me, give me uh, a time and, where and you I, were playing a game. And I had that. Um, so I, I think we might have also talked about this before, but, you know, it's it's fine if we repeat ourselves a little bit. All right. So um, what is it? So when we were playing in our, uh, our uh, you know, our group of other – what's the best way to put it? The one with Eric and everyone. Uh, oh, our, like, Pathfinder. Yeah. I called that – we called that the Patrick birthday game. Because it started <laughs> – our buddy Patrick had a birthday – and he's like a, he's a nerd just like us. And the weird thing was he had never played D and D. Always wanted to, never had. So for one of his birthdays, we all kind of got together, and it was like um, it was Patrick and his wife Katie. It was our friend Eric and his wife Michelle and uh, their son Elliot. Um, Dresden, my son was not born at the time. Even then, would have been way too small. <laughs> Still is too small. Um, and then it was Jengis, me, and Bevan. Um, large group. And we did I repeat you twice? No, it's fine. Um, I did we have someone else at one point? Don't worry about it. Oh, I guess for a while there, was, <laughs> there might have been one or one other person. Um, <laughs> eat it. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So we played that game, and it was like a Pathfinder game. Um, I was running a module, the name of which escapes me. I'm trying to look at my bookshelf to see what it says, and I can't read it from here. But it was. Uh, it was like Rise of the Rune Lords, maybe? The first no, one? No, I don't oh, think no. we were doing Rune Lords. This... We were doing the Demon one. Oh, yeah, like the Sins one? Yeah. Oh, that was cool. There were so <laughs> many cool things about that that we never got to. Do you know I was keeping a ta- like a tally of all the sins you guys were committing in that game? No. It was necessary. For the whole module, every time you guys committed some sort of sin, like if your pride got to you or your lust got to you, I had to make a tally. Likewise, if you did one of the seven virtues... 
I had to make a tally. And at certain points in the game, depending on whether you were erring on the side of sin or virtue, like crazy shit was going to happen. And we never got to any of that. No. So, but um, so uh, yeah. during that game uh, was uh, a couple firsts for a lot of people. Uh, is this the bridge? It's the bridge. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, I was playing a monk at the time. I had made Terrazzo's. He's one of my, you know, one of the characters. Staple like, names. Stabius. We have our staple uh, names. Yeah. I'm always Alibus. Um, it's always me. And uh, I, I was actually pretty fond of this monk. Uh, and we were at a point in the adventure where we had to cross a rickety bridge. Uh, and to get to the other side, uh, we didn't know how safe the bridge was, so you know we were testing it. We we're very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I decided to that I would cross it at the time, uh, so I was like, you know, I'm going to be careful. You know, I'm going to take one step at a time. They got to take a step. Like David, how is it? You know, you know, it was like you know, I don't want to fall in because it was a very deep chasm below. It was. It was um, a very very <laughs> deep chasm. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I take, you know, I'm taking step and being very cautious, you know, make sure with Dave that everything's okay. Uh, so, but then, uh, Eric, my, one of my friends, one of my best friends, Eric, uh, jumps on his character. He says that his character jumps on my back, uh, to carry him across in a playful <laughs> manner. Uh, the bridge breaks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it did. Because the, because the thing about the bridge was if that... If more than one person <laughs> of not goblin size decided to cross the bridge, it snaps. <laughs> and then enter deck saving throw to hightail off the bridge. Uh, the fall was so far that my character was knocked unconscious the moment he hit the water. And, <laughs> okay, there's the statement that that was the killer. The moment he hit the water. <laughs> unconscious. Water. <laughs> And then I proceeded to drown. Death. <laughs> but during the whole time, I was like, you know, maybe something will happen. Maybe someone will save me. But I'm like, I don't. Eric tried, didn't yeah, he? Because he, he went did, down with you. He did try. But the problem is he was like a warrior in like full plate armor <laughs> going into rough seas trying to get Jengis out. So it wasn't exactly. Oh, man. I wouldn't say it was actually fear. It was more like. Dread, more like mm. you know, just like very like because you cared about the character. I did care about the character. I know and it was like, and Pat was really into it, and like Pat he, was devastated. It was like in real life, <laughs> Patrick. Like it was like he lost a friend because we were we were pretty deep into the campaign. At that I point. know, and he was just <laughs> like he was so devastated. <laughs> um, it was awesome, but uh, and that was a that was a really like visceral moment for the whole table. Yeah. Is my character drowning to death, and then they weren't even able to even able to recover the body because it was at the bottom of the water and it was too deep, and the water was too like. Uh, I think the currents were too like crazy yeah. at the time. Yeah, I mean, he just didn't make the check. Yeah, it was the armor man. Yeah, uh, but yeah. And but, when I told him he was starting to drown, he I think his little his literal words were just like "fuck it, I'm I'm getting out of the water." Like, <laughs> see you, Jengis. So yeah, uh, <laughs> the, that was that. You know, character death is always like a uh, you know a very you know if you care about your characters, moment. it is. Yeah, I think a portion of it also sets up depending on the DMs. Mood for me, one of my scariest moments was actually with our buddy Phil. Um, we, uh, I remember we were all building characters. Um, Phil is a, a big fan of of dragons, and we, we had just he had just gotten um, the gargantuan red dragon um, miniature. That's I don't. It's weird to call it. I guess it's a statue more than a mini because I mean it's it was enormous figurine. figurine. Um, we were super excited because he decided, like, to sort of celebrate in some way. Um, we were going to face the dragon. 
And we've never faced a dragon before. And granted, like, we never really played high-level characters before because it's so hard for us to just continue and get to that point that if we try starting... That's when I learned that if we just try using a high-level character without playing it from a low level, unless you're like, know what the fuck you're doing, you just don't know what the fuck you're doing. You also don't know what you're to be prepared for. And he gave us an opportunity. And I remember the beginning of it. I was so (laughs) excited. I was just like, everything was happy, fun times. uh, Phil was like... Hey, like, you know, you're at the you're at the town, it's fully stocked with like whatever you could want. What do you do to prepare? Like, give us every opportunity to like get ready. And we thought we were. We like have our character sheets. I'm like my wizard, I'm Alibris. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna kill this thing. I'm gonna need you guys. I've got fireball. Like, oh my god. Maximum fireball. I, yeah, I did because it was War Mage Alibris. So I had like, you know, that sudden maximize and suddenness, and I was just I was fucking ready. Um and he, like, literally, Phil, God bless him, gave us every opportunity to prepare for this fight. But we were just so fucking cocky. We were just <laughs> like, what do we need? We're going to be fine. We go to this fucking cave, man. And, like, it just, it just, like, the whole mood just got real, like, 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 antsy. <laughs> like, like, electrifying, you know? And he just, he just busts out the dragon. And that's all it was. There was no like, it was no, just like, his lair. The, yeah, we just <laughs> we just went in. There it was. Time to time to fucking rock. And it was like, it was a fucking slaughter. And <laughs> 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 not not in the good way. Like I just remember the dragon. First off, frightful presence. That was the moment. Which was like, what the fuck is frightful presence? And I was like, oh yeah, you can't. You're just pissing so hard. It's a dragon. You it's can't a even fucking dragon. move or do shit. And we're just like, what the. And then I just like we failed saves within it had to be three, four rounds tops. Most of the party was wiped out. I had God, what the fuck was it? Um the sphere you can cast. And it it's it, it's impenetrable as long as you are concentrating. Odalux? Odalux resilient sphere. And I had it. And I was a war mage, so it wasn't even like I needed to prep it. I just popped it. I think Rocco survived and he got in the sphere. I got him in the sphere with me. And I think we figured out we could move, like levitate the sphere. And we just got the fuck out. And I think we survived, Rocco and I, but that was the end. Like the party was wiped. Yeah, there was no more. There was no. We were just like, "Fuck it, we just leave." And and we didn't like. I don't think we scratched the fucking thing. Or if we did, it didn't care because yeah. it had all this. I had regeneration. But in those <laughs> in those moments, like I definitely was panicking, which is crazy because it wasn't even like it wasn't like this was part of a campaign we were doing. It, it was just like literally this one time sort of fun thing that Phil had set up for us, and. I literally just remember being terrified of this dragon because I was just like, holy shit. Like, we literally can't. And frustrated. I was, I, I mean, as any player would yeah, be. Yeah, of course. I was frustrated because it was like that cockiness and readiness I thought I had was literally just nothing. It, I just didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. And what was great. And I think we even bitched about it, too. We were like little jerks. We were bitching about it. Like, that was too hard and this and that. <laughs> and Phil, like, was just essentially just like, you literally could have bought like this, this, and this, and this, which would have helped. But you didn't. Um, and I just, in those couple rounds, like I felt fear. I didn't think I was going to make it out. Actually. I thought the Odaluk sphere was going to break because he was doing everything to get rid of my concentration. I just, I think I just had good checks, but he was fucking like the dragon was 
breathing on it, pounding on it, like pre- like just everything you could possibly do. But I think we just fucking zoomed out, and then once we did, I think I like either teleported or dimension doored or just we just <laughs> this we town's just, dead. Just we're like, out of here. Fuck these people. They can deal with the dragon, and we left. And we were a high level at the time. We might have even been twenty. This is gargantuan dragon. I think man. we were fucking tw- we were twiftieth <laughs> level characters. With full up, I might have even had like a robe of the Ark Magi mm-hmm. or staff of the Ark Magi. Like we we were loaded the fuck up, man, and it just didn't matter. Like he took us to church. Should it was be, bad. Should be ashamed of yourself. I was. I really. I was disappointed. But that's when I. That's when I realized I was like, you know what? I really gotta. Either I have to study my characters better, study my opponents better, or really the be all end all is I really feel this, and that's kind of what put this this in my mind is like, I think you just need to play a character from a lower level. You need to get the hang of what you yeah. built. Mm-hmm. You can't just build something at max immediately, add in all of this magic items and crap, and expect to know what to do and how to use it. Because maybe there was something I missed that maybe I, I had what I needed. I just wasn't experienced enough as a player to get there. The be-all, end-all was I felt fucking fear. <laughs> I was I was terrified. And because it's Alibris, I do care about Alibris and all of his r- ridiculous incarnations. And I just didn't want him to die. And the party was just... It was it was bad. Yeah. It was like going into a WoW raid as like with like gray level one gear and being like, I'm going to defeat Deathwing today. Like it's just not not going to happen. Not going to happen. And I was just I was man. I was I was definitely afraid. Huh? Um, do you have another one? Buh, not really. I think I, I have one more. I mean, the other thing is like because like the other player death I had was technically I had a player death because Tomb of Horrors, but like that wasn't like. As, like, fearful because we turned it into a whole thing and he came back. Like, yeah. it was so quick, you yeah. know? Well, because the, they couldn't finish. The, the, they couldn't finish that dungeon. The, the drowning was gradual and, like, you know, draw, it was drawn out. Because Eric was trying to save and you like, and you were taking... It was, like, steps. I crawled into a sphere and died. Like, that was like... <laughs> I'm sorry, didn't die. Stopped existing. Yeah. And the 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 fact that the bridge snapped, I fell. You took. I took damage. damage. You began to drown. drown. He tried to save. Exactly. You. I got you. Whereas yeah. the sphere was just like you touched it and that was it. Uh, but beyond that, there have been harrowing fights. There have been like you know fights where like maybe we'll win, maybe we won't. Yeah. But not so much like that whole like sequence of like oh man mm. you know that's it yeah <laughs> i think the only other time i really felt fear in D and this one i don't remember as vividly i just remember the content it was somebody it was either phil or rocco or one of our other friends maybe joe but i have a feeling it was phil or rocco um they were running a game and they decided to like use a whole bunch of shit from the book of vile darkness and i just remember that game being incredibly like on the spoopy side um i don't remember too many details but i definitely remember like it was like some fucked up shit and i was just like yeah the book of wild darkness like, fucking, is really messed up yeah it's like um, someone like wrote paper that. cuts on eyeballs types of shit and i was just like <laughs> like oh god just the, the, the clamps um yeah i gotta clamp them um but yeah i think those are our, our scariest moments so well, who knows maybe tonight. maybe tonight there'll be another spooky moment um but, stay tuned for later in the month <laughs> yeah uh so rounding out our final bit of our podcast we have a, a new board game 
Um, maybe two, depending on how we're feeling. We're actually going <laughs> to fly by the, uh, seat, the of old seat of our pants right now. <laughs> um, but definitely the first thing we're going to talk about is Hero Realms. Um, so Hero Realms is funny because Hero, well, um, we're still, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bought it because, um, me and Dave were, I think we've talked about this before. We were working on a board game, trying to make a board game concept. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a whole idea. About, just a game concept. Yeah, a game concept. Uh, you know, we um, can just say it. It was. It's because you know what? Even if somebody copies it, we have it here first, <laughs> dated and ready to go. September twenty third, seven forty seven p.m. Um, the concept was this, and it's and it like it needed fine tuning, but the idea was essentially a trading card game um, with a, w- with a, a class based a class based game where you combat. could combat. Like, you know, like each class had its own unique mechanic, so to right. speak. Like you had, like you could pick a D and D style class, but and depending on what you picked would depend or, or on. Was the heroes all had their own like? Uh, you had like a commander, yeah. sort of like the way you do in Magic. Those commanders had a class similar to how you have in D and D, and depending on what those classes were, they had like specific cards, and then there were general cards. So kind of similar in the vein of uh, but it was a oh, the old WoW TCG it was a, and Hearthstone. It was a collectible card game. But it was a collectible card game, and it had... We were planning on both co-op and co- uh, competitive versions of the game, ways to get more cards. It was fascinating. Hero Realms comes along. I find I find this game randomly, and I my heart just sank because I see it, and it's like there's like a base game, and then there's like class packs... And it was, and it was and it, PVE and, and PvP. yeah, and it was just like I, I was like, oh man, like it's different than what we were trying to do. Well, we found out that well, at, at first glance, we we're like, oh, this is pretty. They made our game, right? So it's like we were very disheartened. Uh, but then we were trying to. We had a bit of a uh, we had a bit of a board game day mm-hmm. where we played a whole bunch, and I wanted to find a, a game. Uh, I found out that I owned a lot of games that have indirect. Uh, interaction, not so much direct interaction. So I wanted something a bit more of that line. So I found I was like, hi, you know, I saw it in the in the in the display they had at the my local board game shop, and I was like, you know what, this will be a funny and b interesting because I've never played it before. Right. Uh, so when I showed it to Dave, Dave's face was like, you know, he laughed and he was like, I laughed, <laughs> I cried, I died a little bit. <laughs> And uh, but we, then we played it. We played it, and you know what? Fucking, it's a good game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would have made a great game, <laughs> but it's different enough because it is. It is. But I like because uh, it's, first Realm, off, it's not a collectible card game. Yeah, it's static. Like there's a base game, and the class packs are static. They don't change. It's like once you buy it, you don't need to buy another one. Like you have that class. Um, so it is a deck building game. Yes. Uh, there is a... Similar a, in the vein of Legendary. I'm not um, sure if we've talked about Legendary on the We cast. did. Remember on a Logan cast? Oh, yes. Logan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a central market, uh, and you, you draw your hand up to uh, a hand size of five. You have a starting deck and, of ten cards, a lot of which are, like, gold to buy things, um, some of which are utility. Con, yeah. In the basic game, you have a ba- everybody has a basic deck, which is, like, seven gold... A short sword, a dagger, and a ruby. And Which the ruby is, is two worth gold. two gold. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bunch of money to buy things and two attacks. We played that first, both starting at 50 health. Um, and Jengis crushed so, me. Because uh, in the game, there are cards that have 
uh, carts belong to certain factions. Yeah. You have, like, elves, which are, like, green. You have, like, soldiers, with her, which are, like, white, goldish. Mm-hmm. You have... Uh, Mercenaries, like, merc- which, which are, are, like, blue. Blue. Uh, and you have like demons that and are like undead, red, which yeah. are red, yeah. Um, and if you have more than one of those they, cards, they have synergy yeah. between them. Where when you play them, they activate their synergy abilities. So you might have like an elf card. They, they that call norm- them ally abilities, right? Um, you might have an elf card that's like does five damage, but if you have the synergy, it does an extra three, and your opponent discards a card. Um, so Jengis picked up a lot of green synergy in the green, first game. A lot of green early. Dave didn't really have a lot of stuff going on for him. I didn't, and he just overran me. Because like every time I would play, I would play a whole bunch of synergy cards, and they would do like ton of damage. And it wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a long game. No. It maybe it was twenty minutes at most. Yeah. maybe fifteen. It was uh, quick. And uh, so we we played another round. The next round we played with the class packs, which in my opinion made the game much better. The class pack we got the warrior and the wizard, or the fighter and the wizard. Who would have guessed? Um, <laughs> I picked them because. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but um, they change up your starting hand. So some things stay the same. Like you still have a certain amount of gold, but then you have unique. Like for instance, the fighter instead of having a uh, instead of having like the short sword. another gold. It had it had one less gold, but it had a guard card, right? And it, like a squire card. And instead of having a short sword, he had like a battle axe, which dealt three yeah, damage instead of like, two. And had like throwing axes. Uh, and every hero also gets a like an ultimate ability well, and like a static ability. Yeah, like <laughs> Jengis's ultimate was crushing blows. It was like eight flat damage one time in the game. Eight damage. Mine was fireball. I could deal four damage to him and four to each creature he controlled one time, which I think is the much better ability. <laughs> um, um, but all in all, it, we played that and that went completely different. I um, had blue synergy that game. There's this one card, Profit. I picked <laughs> up two of them. It was amazing. It was so cheap to buy. It was like I think one or two gold to buy. And playing it gives you two gold, but if you have blue synergy, it dealt four damage. And I ended up drawing both of them at the same time, so I got four gold to buy more things, and in the meantime, dealt eight damage to Jengis. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I won that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also another quick game. We were able to fit like three games in, in about like an hour. Yeah, maybe um, less, maybe yeah. 45 minutes. Which was actually pretty solid. Um, you know, It's not complicated. It is, it is not, not a complicated game to get to play. Uh, the only complicated, the only hurdle is just looking at making sure you know all the symbology going out, mm-hmm. uh, and then just you have. And to there is a through. quick reference card, mind you. Yeah. So, uh, but all in all, there's I think six classes: uh, the, the rogue thing. cleric, pal, uh, rogue cleric, paladin, fighter, wizard. No, it's fighter, cleric, uh, thief. Well, that's the rogue. Yeah, it's wizard. Uh, paladin is one of them. Paladin, Paladin. and then Druid, I think? Maybe. Yeah. A Ranger. No, Ranger. Ranger was the other one. Ranger was the other one. Yes. Um, So, And they're also going to make uh, the shop owner, Scott, uh, he showed me that he was the only person in North America who had it. It was a copy of the 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 PvE kind of raid style, where similar to the World of Warcraft raids... Um, where it was one, everyone fights against this one deck. It has its own, it plays itself. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to like, you don't have to play it. You don't have to like choose things. It does its own stuff and you, you're trying to defeat the raid monster. That's cool. Um, all in all, it's rather cheap. 
Uh, even the add-ons are fairly cheap. Yeah, and uh, it's like twenty bucks for the base game yeah. and five for each character. And, and pack. You don't need to get the character packs. It plays well. <laughs> Listen, enough. I you don't need to. I'm going to recommend getting them though. Yeah. I really do think the character packs made it more interesting. It does. It adds more variety. Yeah. Um, and the deck is big enough that I don't think you'll play a lot of similar games until you get at least like a good like ten games in. And even then, probably not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, two thumbs up, two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I loved Hero Realms. Mm. I, I was probably of our board game day, and we played like six board games. Um, which is, I mean, that doesn't seem like a large number, but if you play board games often, you know that they can be very time consuming and lengthy. So getting in six was an, an accomplishment. I did. Um, that mm. was, I think, by far maybe my favorite game. Nice. Um, if not that one, it would have been another game that we'll probably save. For another time indeed yeah we'll just we'll keep it with hero realms <laughs> um so that wraps up you shall not pass go episode 20 yep uh once again please leave a comment give us an email tweet us um that, yell at us from the top of a building that somewhere email again is ysnpgcast at gmail.com and uh look out not only for this on the first sunday of the month once again don't uh, forget that we changed our time but please on october 30th Get ready for what should be a fantastic one-shot module. Also, I should mention that's part of Geek Aid's 31 Days of Halloween. So expect all month long for there to be uh, Halloween-related content for you to listen and view, including um, uh, little audio stories that I recorded yes. two of. Did you record an audio story? I'm going to. Oh, you should probably get on that, buddy. Yeah, I know they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, have a great month. (laughs) Bye.